Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. Um, obviously, I didn't uh, didn't do a podcast post Chelsea, and that's not from a pit of misery or anything like that. Um, I was just I was away, so there you go. Um, but now we are post transfer window. Perhaps I think it was the most historic, epic, important transfer window in the club's history ever. If we hadn't bought anybody or anything, the club would have folded and sunk into oblivion and we'd have had to have found someone else to support. Um, so it's a good thing we, we got in a couple of players from Juventus. Um, but such was the urgency and the importance of this window I brought uh, on a guest who I think probably is reflective of of the importance of this window. Um, so welcome back to Rule the Roost. Spooky, how are you doing, mate? I'm, I'm all right. I'm good. I'm positive. You're positive? Because, yeah, because, I mean, the alternative is to be miserable, and I'm not sure there's enough to be miserable about. Although, to be fair, a lot of people are going to disagree with that sentiment, but I'm sure we, we, we'll get to that at some point. Well, I mean, because you say uh, that you're positive. I mean, weren't weren't you protesting outside the ground, Spooky? I saw... <laughs> Any, anybody with a beard is basically me. I yeah, I was going to say, is, is that somehow problematic, me making that, that comparison? I mean, I don't know. No, no, not, not really. I mean, I, I, I did get wound up when random people that didn't know me would say, oh, all right, Nuno, when I'm at Tottenham. <laughs> I'm like, fuck off. Like, literally, don't look alike. Just look a bloke with a beard. Tone. Yeah, exactly. Like, his beard is completely white. There's just no resemblance, but somehow... There is, so I'm, I'm not. I've not thought too deeply about that. I'm I mean, it's better than though, mate. I mean, to be fair, I'm sure I've shared this one before, but I've had somebody before call me Rick Waller, and I'm like, <laughs> 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 the geezer was about fifty. Yeah, all right, I'm a bit plump, but <laughs> that geezer was about fifty stone. Come on, give me a break, like, you know. But there you go. So, <laughs> can you sing? I can actually. Yeah, I'm not. You I'm not too bad. Actually. No, I'm you're right. Bad. You can. Yeah. So, uh, you know, shit. Maybe I am. That's it. There we go. Maybe, maybe I was banged to rights. Um, <laughs> so, right, I, I, you know what? I, I want to start on because I just want to get the emotion out, out yeah, sure. from the off, mate. Deli Ali. I mean, I don't think we were ever really ready for him to go. I think we probably all knew it was the right thing for him to go. But then when the when it sort of started, you know, we got the here we goes from Romano and everyone like that. It was suddenly like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this actually. Like this isn't this isn't nice. This isn't good. Um, how are you? I mean, how are you feeling first of all, mate, about I, that I one? I was genuinely. I'm a grown man. Okay, now you know it. It takes a lot, I guess, at this very cynical age that I'm at to 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 um, 
to be emotional, especially with, with, with an escapism. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. we're, everyone's... Well, look, hold on a minute. We're all emotional creatures, okay? We, we, we might cry at a book, a movie, uh, the birth of a child, whatever it is, something beautiful that's happened, someone that's passed. There's a, there's a million reasons why you would show emotion. There's nothing wrong with showing emotion. But when it comes to an escapism like football, often when it's around players uh, leaving the club, it, it always feels that it's that time for them to, 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 to go. You know, you don't you don't feel like you're losing much. And yet with Deli Ali, even though this is years late, he probably should have left us a few seasons back. Um, it still feels like we're missing something, but what we're missing is something that we haven't had. So it's like an like we're anchored to a memory of a time that was incredibly good for, for, for us, for our well-being, our morale as a football club. Those peak years under Pochettino, where Delhi was this incredible talent, you know, uh, in, in amongst all the other talent that we had. Um, I, I, guess, I, I guess it's just a reminder of those days and what we had and the fact that for many reasons it's not progressed um, to a point where he's still a Tottenham player. I mean, he's just... He, to, to me, he looks broken. I, I mean, I, I want I want to see him do well at Everton, but at the same time, I don't think he will. I think. Oh no! Like we were saying on Twitter, mate. I think he's. I think he's in the David Bentley place. I really do. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that tweet, and 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 I did find myself. You know, I, he. It's just an energy around him. You you watch those videos that have been released at the minute by Tottenham and another another video editors and. Just that energy that he had, do you know what I mean? That 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 kind of electricity yeah. that, that he had, and it he 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 looks drained, and 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 maybe that's just what his career was always going to be. There's, it, it I to answer your question, it is it is hit me hard, and 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 it's it's a bit of everything. The fact that we had something and lost, the fact that he can't restart his career at Tottenham like kick re or kickstart his, his his career back to a level again where he can be playing for us um, and it's all the memories of those peak potch years and I think of all the players that have left over the over the last 20 years I've never been more gutted but more because of I don't know more because of what could have been and and, and, and what we had and you can say that about any any footballer but with with Delhi I just want him, or wanted him to be um, so much more in the end with us, rather than. But I mean, you know, better to have loved. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things I find that's quite interesting is one of the sort of main takes I've seen sort of shared by many different people about Delhi is that he was perfectly emblematic of the Pochettino era. You know, that kind of he was sort of he's come from nowhere, hardworking. But sort of gave it some, you know. He he was a bastard, um, but he was he was skillful and he was he was sort of beautiful to watch at times. One of the most exciting players I I would say in my lifetime I've ever seen play for Tottenham on his day. You know when when Delhi really kind of had the wind in his sails and the opposition fans going at him. You know, look, look at that like that Stamford Bridge, that three one against Chelsea. That yeah. was Delhi, you know, and he was like he was fucking give it to him and he reveled in that atmosphere and That's he loved iconic. it. Yeah, you so know? many moments that are are, are you know they are, are iconic moments. 
and, in and, our recent history. And I know it's you know no trophy cabinet, but uh, you know nothing in the trophy cabinet. But it's it's what a players give to you. And and, and you're right, he he did symbolise this kind of new dawn. That, that he di- he didn't. But the thing I find that's quite interesting about it really is is. Uh, I, I, and I just sort of thought this as I was posting out some sort of iconic Delhi images to the to the Rule the Roost account. And I was sort of looking at it and I was thinking like, you know what, like these different peaks, they kind of mirror, like his his career really at Tottenham completely mirrors the Pochettino era. Uh, even in so much as like, you know, when he was kind of at his best, when he was like in his pomp and probably, you know, Spurs were, if you think about 16, 17, 17, 18, that's when he was like really killing it and Spurs are amazing. But then you think even kind of in times when we're in the death throes of the Pochettino era and you have a, a night like Amsterdam that just was kind of like the final sort of flower poking through the kind of concrete, if you like. Yeah. Delhi was still instrumental in that, you know, it, it was kind of, and that was almost like the death throes of his kind of Tottenham career really, because what well, I, you know, I, we've seen that he's kind of, he's had that little, that mini renaissance when Mourinho first came in and you had that sort of worldy performance at West Ham. And I think sort of going back to what you were saying about how 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 this sort of hits different because, you know, like I've, I've loved Jan Vertonghen um, and I was sort of sad to see him go, but it felt right because he looked kind of old and broken. Same with Musa Dembele, you know, I know Kieran Trippi has sort of stirred up the revisionism on that one a bit this week, but yeah. You know, I think we all kind of, I think really, if anything, if we're not revising history, I think the club sort of did right by Dembele, if if, if I'm correct in saying, by letting him go. Um, so, you know, there's these kind of things, but with Delhi, it's he's 25 years old still. Um, and I know there is sort of something to be said for too much too young, that some players kind of get burnt out a bit too early. His career started relatively early than a lot of other players, but... It's still hard to really take like that because, like I was just saying there, you know, even in the early stages of the Mourinho era, you could see what Delhi was capable of in in just like that West Ham game, for example, in isolation, where mm. he's just got I don't know he's he's just he's such a Tottenham player, Delhi. You know, he's just he's a maverick and he's to be twenty five years old and to sort of be talking about somebody being finished, somebody who, you know, let's 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 be brutally honest naturally in terms of god-given talent it's probably far more talented than players like son and kane you know but i, I get it they apply themselves in a very different way clearly to what De- to how delhi has done but still you know it, it, it is just a shame to see him go and it is shame to see him i mean whatever you know it would have been nice to see him win something with tottenham but like you're saying i mean we've we've both done this one to death haven't we the sort of the value of the journey and the value of trophies yeah, and yeah, everything and yeah. Like I sort of feel, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna really look back on this that time, the Pochettino era, and think, you know, obviously it'll always carry with it the caveat. It would have been nice if we won something, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let that strip away from the joy that that, that era was. You know, the Redknapp era is, was great, but I still, I don't feel as strongly connected to most of those no. players as I do to this 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 core group of players and to Pochettino was it was just something else wasn't it and I think it, the stars just aligned just yeah. with, with everything even if if there was no even though we we didn't expect it and perhaps Levy didn't most definitely didn't expect that uh, Pochettino would kind of mold the, you know this group of players and into a team that would challenge um, 
in a way, challenge for the title. I mean, I say in a way because there's a lot of caveats around that, but we were talking about Tottenham being potential title winners for the first time in my lifetime. I mean, well, you have to go back to the 80s um, where we were actually challenging for the title, but and, and, and maybe Ali in amongst it was part of that catalyst where everything just fell into place, you know, and the type of football we were playing allowed him to, to kind of ghost behind uh, Harry Kane and, 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 you know, the whole space invading ethics that he had. And he was just supremely <laughs> cocky and arrogant in, in the most lovable way. You know, even when he had that petulance, um, you kind of, you thought, fuck yeah, because Spurs were, were a bit of a spiteful team in, in, in the way they bonded, the way, in the, the, the togetherness that they had. And I think that's what binds us to those, to that team more so than any other team in recent history because you felt part of it and you knew, you felt that the players felt part of part of it and 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 he was definitely the poster boy for that and yeah and Spurs faded um and and so did Delhi I mean he 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 kind of didn't adjust I know there's a lot of um there's a lot there's 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 a whole other narrative around him simply not having the capacity to, to change and, and adapt. And we, we've seen that when he's when he's had to play deeper, that he's not a central midfielder. You know, he's not someone that can do much with, with the ball at his feet. And then he's got time to kind of look around and survey what, what the next move is. He's someone who, who kind of plays um, behind that, that striker and pulling defenders apart and attacking space. I don't know, Spurs just he changed, Tottenham changed. Even under Pochettino, he changed. And he just couldn't keep up. And it, it, just it just sometimes that happens, you know. Players cannot adapt. And for whatever reason, psychological, mental, they kind of lose something. They lose that spark to be able to do it consistently. They, they lose that fire. Um, and, and unfortunately, here we are. He's, he's gone to Everton and it just feels like He's gone to a club that have also lost their spark over over the last couple of decades. So I don't know. I don't know whether we're ever going to see Delhi at that level again. It's funny, isn't it? Because you do you do lose sight of the. You know, it's one of those age old problems, isn't it? With the people keep talking about over social media and everything like that, but we do lose sight of the fact that a lot of footballers are human, right? And they they're going through very sort of human emotions and everything like that. And I think, especially being kind of a, a top level footballer in the public eye constantly people scrutinizing your every move your every touch of the ball that pressure must be something else you know it, it really mm. must be I, I sort of you know in a, in a microscopic scale in comparison you know if I'm ever doing another video or something like that I'll still you know like after after I did Spurs work the other year the thought of doing another one now is I think you know it, it was, it's there's many reasons to why I may never do another one but you know, part of one of the concerns is like, probably won't be as good as that one. That was a sort of moment in time. There was a certain momentum there. There was a feeling around everything. There was, you know, and you and you sort of lose yourself in this whole sense of it. And I just imagine like the doubt that must come in being at it that is. level. It must be something else on a, on a completely different scale, you know, especially as well when you set the bar as high as he had done. Completely agree. I mean, absolutely. Um, it's something we take for granted, and, and and at the same time, I guess maybe 
subconsciously we know that, or, or, or consciously we know that, you know, to be a top top player, it's not just about one thing. You know, it's it's variables that all have to come into place, and and that's why some some footballers are consistently world class for years, and and, and others kind of fade, and, and and find their level on another level, basically like below. Uh, the, the 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 top tier in, in the elite players and you, you know you can look at genus genus was very deli-esque in in a different way in terms of box to box but he did not have if if he had the arrogance um and and the presence of a Steven Gerrard genus would have been something else but but th- this is <laughs> this is what makes all of us it's like me saying if I wasn't um, if I didn't struggle from mental health and uh, lack of confidence and, and whatever else, I'd be a millionaire. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, what makes you m- makes you the person you are. You know, the, those personality traits, those, you know, the, the way that you um, react to to situations like the one that he found himself in. He came into Tottenham's team very early, beyond. I mean, he came into the team beyond um, my expectations. I mean, I thought we wouldn't see him for a few seasons. And yet he he stayed and he made that position he, he, his own and perhaps that was the burnout perhaps he did peak too early perhaps we did overuse him whatever it is or perhaps he's just not built he just hasn't got that for uh, mental fortitude to 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 retain that hunger and that application that the likes of Son and Kane have so it is it, you know it is a case I guess when you step back from it you know you can you can talk about what ifs. All day long, um, but we're, we're kind of me personally uh, to, to retain that positive vibe. I can only look back and, and, and see what he's given us, and he's given us moments that I'll be talking about in 30, 40 years if touch was I'm still alive and kicking. Um, and then it's those moments, man. We go, we come back to that as well, you know, banging on about moments. What about trophy? We didn't win anything, deal with it. So you you, you you come down a touch and you talk about the players. And we've been blessed to have seen him play probably the best football he's ever going to play in his career. It's it's funny, isn't it? Because it, it, like what you were touching on there about the drive and everything like that, it, it, it must come down to stuff like that. Because f- funnily enough, I, I've kind of felt that, you know, sort of during the time where, let's say, Delhi hasn't been at his best... I do feel that what we've seen him do on pitch, the criticism of it, has been wildly overstated a lot of the time. I think the times I've seen Conte use him this year, I think it was the Liverpool game, for example. Yeah, he, he was brilliant, you know, and he, he wasn't. Yeah, he, yeah, was, yeah, he, was, he was he was a different type of player, but there's still just something about him, how he is on the ball, the way he, you know, in his trademark fashion, uses space and notices space and exploits it. He's still there's still something there. There's still a great player, but for now, for Mourinho and for Conte to both not fancy him. I mean, let's again, let's not revise history. Pochettino in the tail end of his sort of tenure at Spurs was clearly going off of Delhi. So, is it you know we can only speculate, but you you probably would sort of land on the conclusion that there must be just something off pitch that he just doesn't he just doesn't give it enough anymore in training or. Whatever that is, I mean, I don't. People are kind of going to look into the whole, like you know, oh, he does adverts for phone companies and Boohoo Man and all that. But 
come on, all footballers. This is again, this is one of those things. It's all part and parcel of top level football. Every single player does this, you know. Yeah, I don't. I, I think that's uh, that's supremely lazy on 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 our supporters and, and people that that just look at things like, well, you know, he's not been the same since he dyed his hair and he done it. Like, fuck off. Like, yeah, it's bollocks. You know, isn't Harry, it? Like, Harry Kane gets a haircut. Do you know what I mean? We don't bang on about maybe lack of form because he, he's, he's had a short back and sides. But because, like, a, a young, like, you know, footballer uh, that follows fashion trends and, and cares about the way he looks in, in a completely different way. Like, actually, I'm... I'm, I'm Sinking in the mud here. What I, I was going to say something, but I'm not going to say. The point because he's a young black guy, basically. Yeah, like, I mean, I, 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 I don't want to go down that route. I, I know what you mean. Like, I know not everybody is probably coming at it from that way, but even no, if it's subconscious, exactly. you know, it's exactly. It, it's like the Pogba haircut thing. Exactly. And, and just, there's, mm-hmm. there's certain things that that do end up getting tagged to certain types of footballers, and they are stereotypes. And there is an argument to say, well, hold on a minute. We we there's this player and this player and this player. They're all white and they've all been accused of being lazy. I've never seen a Celso being accused of being lazy, and yet, if you look at your stats, they're diabolical. <laughs> so, so. But anyway, the point is with uh, with Delhi, if he wants to do that kind of shit um, outside of football, which a lot of footballers, like you said are very much involved in sponsorships and marketing and the rest of it. Doesn't impact their their their, their, their football. It could be it could be that he's just less interested in football now. You know, and and and, and that just that, that again comes down to the personality traits, the the drive to, to remain hungry and whatever else. And some footballers fade away uh, but never reach the levels that that Delhi has. It just amplifies it, I guess, because he set that benchmark. You kind of think he should always be at that benchmark, and and perhaps he's just, in the end, wasn't strong enough to to, to kind of retain that, you know. And I, I think you've got other players that dip and spike, you know. Eric Dyer, the amount of times that our fan base have wanted him out, he's fucking useless. He's terrible. He, he keeps making mistakes, and then someone comes in and coaches him properly, and he, then he's a key player that we're missing when he's not there. So, it's perception. You know, it's just perception. We all form our own opinions on certain things. We don't form. I'm not saying you form an opinion because of racism or anything stupid like that, or not stupid, but um, it's 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 just we're having a conversation about it. Do you know what I mean? And it could simply be that Delhi Halley has just lost the spark. And and sometimes in football, you either have it or you don't. And in his case, he doesn't. And all the other things. It's just noise. What he's doing for boohoo and, and 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 whatever else, not relevant because he could still be doing all that and be the best player in the country, and you would never refer to all that shit. So it's only because of his form that you suddenly try and find excuses outside of football. It's just it's a rabbit hole and it's not worth really going down. It's a shame for him, really, that the, he never got the PSG move because it's, it's been a bit of a crossroads for him, that, hasn't it? He's, he's obviously, he's now gone to Everton, which, as you say, is a club that's probably, you know, they're aiming to, I think the first sort of rung on their ladder is to sort of get up to the same sort of level that Spurs have been at the past few years. And they still just don't seem to be able to get to that, no matter how much money they throw at it. Hmm. They still just don't seem to be getting there. And you'd like to think, and I'm sure they would like to think that... Delhi is a player of a quality that could 
put them on the road to that. You know, they've they've they've, they've essentially signed two sort of players who have got the yeah in Van der Beek and in Delhi players who people know have probably enormous potential, but for whatever reason just haven't been able to to realise that yet at their at their clubs. I mean, well, Delhi has arguably previously, but. Um, but still, you know, you, you sort of think is that is that the situation where somebody like Delhi's going to thrive? Really, is he? Is he? Because he's never really struck me as the sort of lad that is the one that's in there, kind of g'ing everyone up, getting everyone going. He's the lad, that, like he's the sort of I don't want to say luxury player, but he's mm. the sort of player that you can. Well, I guess maybe he is a luxury player, the sort of player that you can drop on top of a solid team and just let him play and do his thing, you know, and he's going to be, he's going to be magic. Like he has been at times to Tottenham. Um, that's definitely the thing that's missing from him. When I, when I see him, even, even when he was talking, when he was being interviewed um, late last night, I think when he, when he signed his contract uh, with Everton, it's just, there's, there's that kind of oomph, that, that kind of punchy vibrancy that's missing from, from even the way that he talks. And I know he's always been a very, um, kind of grounded young man. Do you know what I mean? He—he's. I, mean, I I used to see people call him lazy. He was this gangster, and, it, and again, you're thinking, what the fuck are you talking about? The guy is as normal as can be for someone earning a lot of money and and, and being in the spotlight, playing for England, playing for Tottenham. But back when you watch him play, all those iconic goals against Chelsea and Arsenal and. and semi-finals and the rest of it and, and, and everything that he's achieved for us all, all those memories when you watch him it's just, it's it is that cockiness that kind of fuck yeah arrogance but also likable arrogance uh that that he just doesn't have so when he when when you refer to the fact that he still sees space and, and he knows where to move into and it's that just that edge um and 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 you're you're right him rediscovering that almost feels like he, he and, and, and I've seen a few people say this online, it almost feels like he needs another Pochettino moment where he comes into a team where everything falls into place. Yeah. And there's this like energy of let's fucking do this, let's let's bind together and 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 Everton is not that type of club because they they they're just one failed experiment after another it's actually extraordinary really because they're arguably a bigger club than us or were in terms of they were winning league titles you know um and yet it's not often that they're spoken about as as being underachievers i mean it may be the further north you go that the the media up there do look at them as like a, a tottenham of the you know of, of the north so to speak but um, they don't seem to get that much pressure, um, whereas I think Spurs, because we're always in amongst it, there is that extra bit of ambition and, and, and pressure and expectancy. And all of that probably hasn't helped him as, uh, as well as one or two players um, that, were, that, that have struggled um, over the last few seasons. I, I know it sounds a bit, uh, a bit trite, but I'm, I am interested, just because he is a pretty avid user of social media, um, why he hasn't kind of posted anything out yet about, you know, I'm not saying it in a like, why doesn't he love us way? I, I mean it more in a way if he's just like a bit sad about it all or something that he's kind of not communicated anything yet to Spurs yeah, fans. He might, you know, deep down, he, he, deep down, he probably didn't want to leave. And, and maybe that's part of the problem as well, that he's, he, he's so comfortable at Tottenham. 
with the with 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 his friends and the life that he, that he has um, in London and and you know the relationships that, he, that he's built. Um, he's he's probably super comfortable, and that that no doubt doesn't. I mean, that doesn't help him in terms of rediscovering form. Um, so he's probably just typing something out and deleting it and typing it out and, and asking for some for, for some help in, in how to get his goodbye. Um, I don't think there's any there's any bitterness in, in that, but there's probably a lot of regret. He's probably deep in thought, and, and and maybe he needs that as well, like because now it's he's no he's no longer part of this football club. You know, he's not even on loan. He's gone, and. If he wants it, he's got to go out and get it. Um, but I'm sure when it does come out, there'll be more tears. And and and, and um, I think everybody that's everybody that is feeling um, whatever it is this emotion is, um, you know, just it, it, it's important. You just you just you go with that emotion because it means that he meant something to us. You know, whereas I think. One or two really good players that have left this football club in the past have left in a bitter way, you know, because they've kind of engineered the move away because they're at the top of their game, and and it's completely different circumstances, of course. But with Delhi, he he was one of our, our. It felt like he was one of our own in terms of the relationship that we had with him and and he had with the football club. Um, so. Yeah, I, I don't look forward to, to having to, to go through that, that video Tottenham posted killed me. It was horrible, wasn't night. it? Yeah. <laughs> There's and, been a few of them and, that I've seen that have just been like, oh, come on, lads, please. You know, it's, but it's, I, I love it. I love the football because you yeah, yeah. me feel this way. This is my point, again, going back to it's just an escapism. It's just a bunch of millionaires, you know, leaving one job and going to another and still earning loads of money but it's not I don't I don't fucking care about that you know the, what they're earning and what they're what they're doing it's what it's how they've represented our, our football club and our shirt and he and he 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 done a job that I mean I wouldn't go as far as tagging him as a legend but I think the word legend gets stretched so far especially with Tottenham um that I don't care if he is tagged with that by. I mean, I think I wrote something in a blog and, and it kind of said that I'm all right with that. I mean, he's more, to me, he's more of a hero, more of an iconic cult hero, and he's done things that will forever live on in, in Tottenham folklore. And yet, we don't have those trophies, but that's just modern football as well. You know, that's just a completely different um, um, discussion. That's yeah, boring me to tears now. Anyway, no, I know what you mean. Though there is a sort of because you know when you think about our sort of modern era, really the only legend is probably Ledley King, and well, it's probably going to be Harry Kane as well. You'd yeah, imagine, yeah, exactly. Genuine plays that you could call legends for, for quite obvious reasons. Yeah. Whereas, like, like you say, you know, your Bales, your Allies, your whoever, Vertonghen's, all these type of players are—they're heroes, aren't they? They're they're cult yeah. heroes, and yeah. that's kind of how it is. Um, well, that's yeah, that's I mean, that's good. Good half hour on Deli Alley there. I mean, there's there's more I could probably go on to. I mean, I did I sort of think about touching on the fact that you know he did sort of go through that whole home invasion stuff, but again, it's all it's all speculation. I mean, I can't imagine that made him particularly happy, but you know, I don't. I must be terrifying. I mean, we we I mean, there's so many incidents that, that happen within football. I mean, they're, they're they're an obvious target, I guess, for for organised crime and and and, and chances and, and 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 whatever else. So that could not have been. 
good. It happened to Vertonghen's family, didn't it? And he wasn't there at the time. I think he's like... Yeah, it's terrifying. I mean, it's absolutely terrifying. I mean, how... You know, it's it's one of those those things. I mean, I've been lucky enough never to, to have had anyone break into the house. But I, I know people that have had break-ins and they don't feel comfortable in their own home, let alone a home invasion, which is on another level. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it could be a number of things. And, and you're right, it's, it's difficult to speculate about stuff like this. Um, but he's had, he's had a lot happened to him good good and i guess bad it's a lot to take in like you said for for a relatively young lad who's who should be peaking in three or four years time do you know what i mean this is again why it's it's such a difficult um acceptance something that's been in the in in the in the makings for, se- for a couple of seasons anyway but it's still hard to to accept uh, we've got to move on Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. So, let's uh, let's move on. Indeed, um, I mean there won't be as fond farewells, but we've also <laughs> <laughs> Giovanni Lo Celso and um, Tangi Ndombele have have departed oh, from the good ship Tottenham Hotspur. Um, any any feels, mate? Any thoughts? I put out a nice poll today, which was who had the better Tottenham career, Ndombele or Lo Celso. Yeah, uh, Dom and Dom Bellet got my vote. Yeah, that one. got a big just out. Um, I, I, I don't dislike either, either of them, right? I do not dislike either of them. Although, if 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 I if you push me to dislike one of them, it'd be less also. Oh, big time! I, I I just don't understand how a player of his perceived quality, and he does play very well for Argentina why and how it hasn't worked out for him in England um, and, and in terms of his performance his output um, his injuries his kind of general uh, I don't know he, he he's just a player who quite obviously was not the right player for, for this team and this football club and the same thing can be said for uh, Tangai and, and um, as I butcher his name um both players, had they been successful, Spurs would not be in this situation that we're in now. You know, we wouldn't be begging for midfield players and, and a kind of a, a attacking intent, because both are quite obviously very talented. And and Endombele has, I mean, he's the best player we've never had. You know, he's someone who has 
all the kind of vision and creative juice in in, in the way that he plays and the, the balls that he can thread and whatever else. But I don't know. It's, it's just not a, f- a footballer that can bed into the, the Premier League. And again, whether this is because of things that happened, and, and again, it comes down to those kind of traits and, 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 and being able to focus and concentrate and apply yourself. He was bought for Pochettino, who, who takes a a season to integrate some players and Poch is then sacked and then it, it it never from that point it just felt like he didn't want to be there and you could kind of see that in his football um, and, and just from the things that you heard in terms of uh, the connection he had with the other the other uh, French uh, footballers um, at the club um, or French speaking uh, players I'm just Glad they're gone because um, they just do not offer anything to, to us, unfortunately. And, and Endon Ballet is someone I've really wanted. I really, really wanted him to be a success for Tottenham because I think he's he can be absolutely brilliant, even though we've only seen cameos, even though arguably someone will, will rightly say to me, surely that is not enough to just cameo a few nice balls and, and maybe a nice finish here and there. You've got to do it consistently. You've got to influence. You've got to boss the game. You've got to kind of stand up and, and dominate and and, and, and have, make your presence felt in terms of what you're doing for the rhythm and, and dictation of the team's tempo and the rest of it. And he's just not built for that, um, at least in England. And, and Lacelso, you know, to kind of quote one of your sayings, is made of crisps. He, he's just as fragile as anything when, when he's got a Tottenham shirt in. So I'm glad that we've managed to kind of push him out, even though they're both loan deals. Um, we just have to move on. Um, and it's very easy to move on from these two. It's just, it's funny, isn't it? It's just funny how it has turned out that way. And it, it's true, like you say, I mean, and Dombele, I mean, he did scout them and <sighs> decide they would fit in? There's so many questions. It's just so frustrating, though, isn't it? Because he has shown such capacity to be a real, a real Tottenham cult hero. You know, like in, yeah. in my opinion, like you know, so many of the things that he does well, I'm just like, oh god, there's there's shades of Ginola about this, there's shades of Berbatov about it. You know, there's like there's there's a real player here. Um, but just yeah, like you say, that consistency, the fact that. I th- I honestly I feel that even I mean there's no real need to compare them but I feel that even kind of like these times in his career where people have said that you know our oh, Delhi's useless now he's not doing anything on the pitch I still think he's provided more than Ndombele has done when he's not been kind of at it um, and I think it, it has just been because I agree I, you know there is like we were sort of talking about with the the hair earlier you know there there are going to be sort of different standards that people consciously or subconsciously hold kind of you know people of color too and like I, I think you said earlier anyway that you're kind of you're seeing that already with Ndombele being called lazy but the Celso seemingly escaping from the ire of that when arguably you know <laughs> he's, he's not been much better and it's it, it's just it, it's still a shame though that you know Ndombele just seemed to like he just don't know if it's professionalism, if it's motivation, which I guess are sort of tied under the same thing, really. Yeah. There was just something yeah. not 
there with him. There was just like there's there's languid and there's languid, you know, and that's kind of it's it's difficult. I mean, I I I'd sort of I was still I wasn't really that keen with the the booing of him against thing. I mean, I know it's up for some debate. I was I was there at the game and. From where I was sat, people were booing before he started the slow walk. I I, I felt like the slow walk was a reaction to, to that really, and it, it intensified as that happened. But you know, I've, I've been over this one with people, and they're not not happy with me taking that perspective. Um, but it, it, either way, it's it's sad that it's turned out that way. Um, and I I feel more for Ndombele going than I do Lacelso who. The Celso, I'm just like, just go, just get him gone. I don't, you know, I, I actually do feel a kind of strange sort of bitterness towards the Celso in a way. Um, and I think a lot of it is kind of probably based on stuff that I'm half inventing myself. This sort of idea, I have a sort of perception that he's never really, I don't think he's ever really given Spurs anything. I don't, I've never really felt that. Lo Celso mm. is really played for the shirt that, and I get it. Football is a journeyman; they all are. You can't expect them all to love your club. I completely understand this sort of argument, but I just felt it was on a, a sort of a, a quite different level it, to the level that it wasn't even that he wasn't giving the club a lot of love. I, I almost sort of felt he was almost disdainful of the club. like he sort of treated it as a bit of an inconvenience. That oh yeah, I've also got to, I can't just keep fit for Argentina. I have to play for I have to play for Tottenham as well. How annoying. You know, I think we all sort of knew that was half Gareth Bale's intention last year, but he can get away with it. He's Gareth Bale, you know, uh, a player who's been at the club for what a couple of seasons, barely been fit in the time, yet is miraculously always fit and firing when international window comes around. I, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm, I, I'm, I don't I'm, disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, because he, he he does he he does have that type of uh, negative energy about him. This kind of lack of botheredness um and the fact that i mean he had one patch under Mourinho where he he might have played five or six games uh might be exaggerating that but and he and he played he was playing all right he's played quite well but obviously not again not to the level where you're like right this is the player that that um dazzled us on youtube edits um yes it's come down to how we go about I guess it does come in many ways. And arguably, that much of a difference between Bruno Fernandez and footballers, and, and I guess in many ways, and arguably that much of a difference between Bruno Fernandez and and the Celso so in terms of the type of um, the type of players they were for their their, their 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 previous clubs and the type of impact they were having at their previous clubs. You know, in fact, Gio looked. To me, a better prospect. He seemed like a more complete footballer, even though Fernandez did have a more kind of direct output to, to his game. And look at the difference between the two. One hits the ground running and literally held United on his shoulders, um, and and the other one kind of just disappeared into the ether and 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 did very little to to to, to have us be protective of him. Well, I mean, yes, that's actually a really interesting comparison because. It's it's just funny to me in the respect that Pochettino obviously really wanted Bruno Fernandez, um, but Pochettino also apparently really wanted Gio Celso. And I guess for <laughs> for everybody talking about Pochettino not being backed for those winters, I mean I get it, it's trite, but it still does. I probably 
throw a bit of shade onto Pochettino's eye for a transfer. I believe both Ndombele and La Celso actually were Pochettino signings, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, they were for him. Um, and there was, a lot, there, there was a few stories going around at the time that he actually decided against Bruno Fernandes. It wasn't down to Levy or Tottenham, but, but then, again, it's spe- speculation and, and who do you believe when you're, when you're kind of like reading through all the, uh, the, the, the news articles. But it, when you look at Gio and you look at uh, Tungai and you look at <laughs> the lack of impact they had, it, it, it's almost comparable to us not signing anyone. It's almost as bad. I, 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 obviously, if we'd got those players right and those players were successful, um, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Had we signed two players or, or more, during the two windows where we didn't, Poch might still be the manager. We never know. But I, I feel that the, the two signings that were made, Gio and Tungai, in that summer where everybody was very excited because we were we were displaying, showcasing ambition, um, has set us back even further. I mean, if, if anything, it's just taken us back into that stagnation that we had when we didn't sign anyone. Because... If you bring in two players that literally give you nothing to build around, that they don't give you that anchor, then then what are they? What are they doing for the for, for the the structure of the team? What are they doing for the morale of the team? How can you build a team uh, around players that, that do not play? How can you then have to rely on the hope and the potential that they're going to wake up and bed in? And, it, and it's been. It's been a, a, a weird two years or so because it feels like it's been a lot longer and the pandemic hasn't helped. That's not being at games hasn't helped. There's a lot of weird things about football in, in, in the past few seasons that I think have compounded everything even further, especially with the fact that we haven't been in attendance. So we haven't been able to influence it in, in a way that perhaps might have helped a particular manager or a particular player. But both of them undeniably you know a flops and whether you want to put the blame on the club or circumstance or you want to start getting analytical about how we're scouting these players and understanding if they are robust enough to compete in the Premier League there's a million questions that need that still need answering but a lot of the time it's fucking luck it's it's just it's just you know these players had they been bought during the peak Poch era, if they were available and they were at the level that they were when we signed them, might have fitted in immediately. Because how easy would that be for, for a top talent to just blend into a team that is pumping other teams up and down the country? Do you know what I mean? Spurs were proper then. You know, we ne- barely lost away from home. We were incredible at home. You know, you add those type of players to that type of squad it's, 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 it's going to be easy it's going to be comfortable we added them at the wrong time and and the rest is the type of history that we're going to forget about um, because we, we again we need to move on to more positive things so it's been a messy chapter and it's been it's been a messy chapter but um, you know it can, it can all come down to the fact that we, we haven't been the same we haven't been the the, the, the Tottenham that we we, we were um, at our peak, um, 
Um, and then since the Champions League final, it's kind of just fallen further apart. And that and that happens as well. You know, you you aim high. That's the whole point. You know, we can't moan about that. It's just it's, it's funny though, isn't it? It's funny how because we can moan, and it's always going to be kind of exacerbated because of where we are and the kind of the the gambles we need to take to bring in players. But it still just feels so unfair that. Not only does this sort of happen, but that's part and parcel of football. But it just feels so unfair that when you see kind of the narrative, you've seen sort of the 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 yarn that the Matt Laws and the like are spinning at the moment about Tottenham getting it wrong, Levy being a failure. It's just it's absolute nonsense. You know, you look at sort of some of the you know you look at Werner, look at Lukaku, the sort of outlay Chelsea have had on those two, and the scrutiny they receive is minimal. You know, you have Manchester City who will sign plenty of players that we don't even talk about for the same amount of money really that we've spent on players like Ndombele and Lasalso. Nobody talks about it at all. Yet it's always Tottenham under the magnifying glass. I mean some of the and this this is sort of you know, somewhere I want to come on to now before I mean we can talk about Bentico and Kulisevsky. It's 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 good to get a couple of players in I feel. Um everybody's kind of saying today that Conte's pretty happy. They're two players that fit his profile, if you like. They're players that are winners. They want to work hard. They, you know, they want to be the best that they can be. Um, but there's still kind of throughout the entire window been this overarching thing of Levy. Levy's done it wrong again. You know, you, you saw even like the, the journos kind of reveling in the the whatever his name is. I don't even know the fucking fucker's name. The the whatever his Ecuadorian player that we we're apparently gonna sign from Porto that Liverpool kind of gazumped us oh, for yeah. and Diaz. Yeah, and there's the whole kind of ha ha you know, I think it was Phil McNulty that put out uh well, that master negotiator Daniel Levy's not looking so smart now kind of thing. And you just think oh, <laughs> like oh, is this really is this where we're at? Like is this uh, there's plenty to criticize Daniel Levy for. Don't get me wrong, you know, before uh, it, it again is that whole happy clapper Levy lover bollocks like I, I tell you, right, let's 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 dive into this, mate. Where where are you on Levy? Because obviously we've had the training ground protests. We've had a lot of talk about Levy, about his appointment of Paratici. How are you feeling about him right now? Well, just just quickly on the whole ne- the content side of things. I think the, the the way I'm not saying there aren't good journalists and sports writers because that would just be a, uh, fraudulent for me to say that. Uh, there's, there's some very good writers that, that write about Tottenham and there's some great articles that kind of delve into the details and they're interesting and insightful. But a lot of the content nowadays has to appease the kind of social media meme culture that, that we have. You know, there's there's some journalists that kind of even break the fourth wall a little bit and, and, and become too uh, um, uh, obsessed with their own opinion uh, and, and making sure that it falls into place with what the again, what the story narrative is on certain things. Um, and that's why you get this kind of lazy journalism around Levy. And I've seen the articles today about uh, about Levy, and, and none of them really ring true. This thing about him being a, a, a shrewd negotiator is something that the media created. And again, you can go down that, 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 that pathway and talk about why does Levy get scrutinised in that way and another chairman perhaps don't. 
so so there's, there's there's a lot of weird things going on with that and 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 this is where our fan base also run away with certain narratives that they put on bed sheets that they probably should stay away f- from because they do have valid points to make about the management of the football club and the fact that we do have very expensive season tickets and they're, they're, we, we need to understand exactly where all this money is going if we're being told it's going into the team people want to see that playing out but i'm not an expert in, in finances so the whole narrative side of it is something that we have to live with chelsea can spend 60 70 million on three or four players one of them can flop and it, and it wouldn't matter because they can fall back on those other players but you're right no one will be critical overly critical about about how they're going about their business they they encourage that and at the same time expect Tottenham to compete it doesn't make sense we can't compete against that right now so you're asking us to 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 to, to perform and behave in a certain way and yet we're up against teams that have a platform of experience and success that we're trying to catch up to. I mean, you should be on our side as really to, to kind of break the monopoly. But no, it's not. It's that's not how it works. It's certain teams are the favourites, and they bang on about them. And with Diaz, he, 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 I mean, apparently the agent just called Liverpool up and said, "Look, if you want to move for him, you better move now because Spurs have, have pretty much agreed everything." Um, the player always wanted to go there, I guess, and he, and he just went there slightly earlier than expected. So there's nothing that we've done wrong, in, especially in this transfer market. We've got rid of players. Uh, I've actually forgotten your question, by the way, as you probably have guessed. Um, we're, we're, we've got rid of the players that we needed to forget. Uh, we needed to, to push on. And we've signed a couple of players, perhaps not in the positions that we, we need, but at the same time, though the quality of uh, of, of, of signings that we need are probably not doable until the summer so we also need to be a little bit pragmatic don't go out and buy a strike and a right wing back if you're gonna if we're gonna want to go out in the summer and buy a, 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 a striker or a forward of Diaz's quality and a right wing back of Carl Walker's quality at, at his peak at Tottenham so there has to be a bit of patience there and this is where it gets really muddled because you've got people protesting about you know the the club not spending money and they're, they're running the protests on on deadline transfer day which is a bit silly on their part because they're going to get no coverage and we're going to sign players and their argument is suddenly weakened because even though they have a good point to make about the the management of the football club at the same time from my perspective, we've, we've done positive things. We've appointed Conte. Now, some people are going to lose themselves with, well, we nearly appointed him in the summer and we didn't. You know, it's just shambolic. Pro- yeah, okay, it, it is what it is. It played out the way it did. Ended up with Nuno, absolute disaster. But we have Conte now. And the steps to back him cannot be done in one window. If you genuinely believe we can sign five, six players in one window... I mean, my first reaction to that would be, how disruptive is that to what he's trying to do at the moment as well? Like, you can't just bring in four or five, six players and just have a brand new core of the team. Maybe in your head that works, but in reality, you've got to do it, do it properly. And I have reservations, uh, you know, about uh, Paratici and, and, and just one or two little things that I, I st- I'm still waiting but I'm positive with the moves that we are making because we are changing things. We are, we are getting the dead wood out, like Poch did. 
before bringing in the players that can do a job for us? Is, is, I can answer your question somewhere in there. Because well, yeah, no, I think. Well, I don't even think there was a clear question there, mate. To be honest, it's, but it's, it's me and you talking, isn't it? So let's be honest. Um, it, it, it's the the thing that's interesting about it is right is that. You kind of, <laughs> if you concede either way, given the sort of, I think the the fan base is particularly fractured at the moment. Um, oh, it's it, it's oh, yeah, and if you even sort of concede something either way, that means you are nailed. You're nailed on as this a Levy lover or a wobble headed Enoch out, whatever. Do you know what I mean? There's these kind of like these things that people will kind of lump at you and. It, it is interesting, like the, you know, I'd say first and foremost, like I'm I'm not overly enthusiastic about either of these two designs. Neither of them has like really sparked that bit of excitement in me. And I sort of, I wonder if that's just part, part and parcel of just getting a bit older and a bit more used to sort of seeing these transfer windows and how they play out. And also how us having been burnt by most signings, big signings that we've made, you know, like, like we say, most of our joy has come from, really players coming up through the through the academy or kind of you know or sort of our less expected kind of you know somebody like son who was you know i think we were signing to be a a decent enough player who has sort of turned out to be a superstar really and so on and so forth um but with with these two it's it's as we were saying like it's 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 good to know that conte has players that he can rely upon right The, the and it's the point that's been made to me that, you know, we've lost La Celso and Ndombele, two players who are contributing literally nothing. So the floor for Bentico and Kulisevsky to contribute is very low. You know, the, the bar isn't yeah. set very high at all. And I get it, they're in different positions and whatever. But still, you know, we, we, we're bringing in two two new players, two new faces to the club, and it's nice. It's, it's good to have a refresher. Um, I think the main the main thing that concerns me... Um, not so much with their them as individuals, but just with Peretici and kind of how this window's gone on on this side of things is that it, it does worry me that it seems that we've tried to pursue kind of a couple of you know a couple of players that has understandably not worked out. You know, Treore, I didn't particularly want anyway, so I feel quite relieved. Mm. But either way, he's he's not going to turn down Barcelona for Tottenham. Doesn't matter what state they're in at the moment. The second Barcelona come in, he's going to Barcelona. And that shouldn't be used as a stick to kind of beat Tottenham with. And likewise for Diaz with Liverpool, you know, whether we want to accept it or not, you know, people have sort of said, Oh, just a few years ago we were bigger than Liverpool. We weren't though. We we had a we had a we had a, a period where we were performing better than Liverpool were. But Liverpool as an institution are far greater than Tottenham. And, you know, it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot of ground for to we're catching up on them. Don't get me wrong, we are catching up and people will say, Oh, we're deluded, we haven't won this, we haven't won that. But f- football isn't just about that anymore. And we all know this. And we are building to be in a better position where we are kind of a, a bigger club and the future is what you make of it. Um and Tottenham are being sort of best placed to have a legacy that probably compares with some of the other bigger teams in in yeah. England, but still at this point in time, somebody like Diaz, if he gets the offer from Liverpool, isn't going to turn them down. The, 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 the thing, the, the thing about just quickly, the thing about the, the the whole transfer thing as well is that we we kind of live through again to go back to narratives. People think it plays out exactly as the media report it. Yeah, of course. So we're 
Like, oh, we waited until the 29th day of the month to bid for a player. I mean, you, I mean, come on. As you can be a massive Enoch out Daniel Levy hater, but if you genuinely believe someone that's built a billion dollar stadium is waiting until the 29th of the month to actually have conversations with teams, that's mental. I'm, I'm sure Fabio, I'm sure Tottenham just lined up several different players, several different conversations, pushed all the way through towards the end of many of them, and then pulled the trigger on the ones that were were, were required. Now, I'm not going to dispute the fact that it's very coincidental that we've had to go to Juventus. Well, this is it. This is does it. Players. It worries me a bit. That's all. <laughs> it does worry me a bit. It worries me as well. It does worry me as well. And and and. But the thing is, the, the, this is why football's amazing because there's logical and pragmatic reasons I'm sure from the football club to bring in players because they, they might look at it as traditionally you're not getting any any, any anything done in, in January you know Liverpool have signed Diaz they missed out on the, on, on the, uh, the Fulham centre back I think uh, very late last night you know that was not an opportunity uh, but it was something they were pushed into doing because of circumstance because of Tottenham's interest and with us Perhaps there was there wasn't anyone apart from Triore, which was a target that apparently Conte didn't fancy that much. If you again believe things that you hear, um, and 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 one or two other players that were linked that were probably again just backups. You know, it, it's important to refresh the squad and and to do something um, to have other options. And I'm sure Conte signed off on on these Juve guys who, from what I've read, are, are pretty decent players, especially uh, Kulo. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to practice that for when I record my podcast later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why, why can't we not just sign a Smith & Jones? Yeah, exactly. But, but, <laughs> Pro- anyway, proper names. Proper, proper, yeah, proper English names. Like, you know, it's very short and easy. Brown. Uh, to be fair, I struggle with I struggle with those as well. But the point is, I read uh, I think it's James Horncastle, uh, I think a couple of other people uh, wrote up um, quite positive reviews, ignoring the bitterness from the Juve fans because I'm not going to listen to another fan base about anything. To be fair, but they they seem like players quite young, the both of them, 21 and 24, that can improve our options now and in January. That I will take as a positive. Now that might not be the definition of backing Conte that the, these guys protesting and, and, and a, lot, a lot of people, a lot of Spurs fans on social media are talking about. Because ideally, you want to see top draw players coming. But look, Gio and and Endombele were top draw players, and they were bought in a different window. But look at what happened there. Lucas was a January transfer window, I think, uh, uh, a signing. Um, so it, it's not saying that it's not possible to bring in a player, but he's been much maligned for for most of his first career. To be fair, he's he's very much a cult hero, like Ricky Villa was back in the day. You know these players that history looks upon them in positive light. The, the same way we're going to do with Deli Ali, because we're not going to be talking about all the poor performances Deli gave us because of circumstance again and, and, and loss of form. We're going to look at the good things. So I'm happy that we brought in a couple of players. The players that have gone weren't having an impact anyway. 
Um, it's just that everything else is again a, a, a mess. That the, the protests, not a lot of people turned up for that. Um, again, respect to the people. If you believe in something, you know, just get on your soapbox and, and, and do what you got to do. But I don't think it's very effective because the reality is, when we start winning games, people will forget. If we if we do qualify for the Champions League. You know, people are going to be talking about the fact that the, the summer window suddenly becomes even more important, you know, because and the players we can attract will, will be even greater. Um, now, if we don't, people will come back to the Jan window. Um, so we're, we're, we're weird. We're just it's the same with anything, really. We, we, we would just make it up as we go along. But at the same time, a lot of what we say on either side of the argument have points that makes sense so you can't really pick a side but people do because it's easier it's easier to kind of shout at someone from the other side of the room you know um it's more difficult if you're standing in the middle somewhere and, and trying to be balanced and trying to look at the good and trying to be critical um and, and then looking at the bigger picture like how do we improve our scouting network and, and maybe fabio's doing work with that hard to believe because he just strikes me as someone that just calls football agents um and just then ends up speed dialing juve uh, but again <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm happy i'm happy to wait and see because we will not get all our answers in 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 one very long month which i'm glad to see the the, the back off now and we can we can we can move on for the, with the rest of the season I really do wish they'd do away with it, you know, the January window. Yeah, I just, yeah, I don't think it's helpful to anybody at all. Maybe just lo- loan deals, maybe at the at the very minimum, just to to help out injuries. And I, and I, and I, and I, I do know um, a lot of deals are structured in that way these days. I mean, something that, that the media seem to have not have uh, seem to have not spoken about much is the fact that Levy has pretty much done a favour to Everton by by sending Delhi there on a free transfer but then obviously tying in uh, the the cost to appearances because Everton I think are three million shy from um breaking a few Premier League regulations oh really interesting because it's it's a deal it's worth probably is in it about 40 million total isn't it yeah he probably has to hit certain targets that he he might never get anywhere near to so 20 to 30 million is probably what the club is hoping for from what i understand from what i've read is that is that itk mate are we no what 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 medal are you (laughs) spooky in that in that tier in the tier Um, bracketing do you know what here's the thing about itk when you're given something that's genuinely <laughs> ITK, yeah. you tend to keep it to yourself. Well, because it's also like, if you if you do actually have genuine ITK, if you do like, leak it, the person's going to be like, well, oh, fuck you, I'm not going to tell you anything well, anymore it, then. Exactly. That's exactly it. And and I, I have seen it. There, there are a few people that, that are obviously connected because they I think they, they uh, diplomatically shout about it in, 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 in a way that... Um, and fair, fair enough, but again, Spurs have been quite tight with with, with leaks, um, so I, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure whether I believe everything that I hear anyway, especially the stuff that that comes out in the media. And again, we're, we're back to that that whole content narrative uh, because we have people that will believe absolutely everything. Like we bid for him, we bid for him. Oh, this is horrendous! It's embarrassing, and I'm thinking, 
mate, you're you're you're, you're literally you're, you're you're structuring your day over things that you're reading on a timeline that are probably not true, even if the publisher believes it to be true because of the information that he's got. Do you know what I mean? It's about clicks. It's about traffic. It's about getting people. You know, tuning into Sky Sports and watching the yellow ticker—it's—it's—it's it's an, it's an industry, and we love it as well. I'm criticising it, but we're all part of it. And um, maybe these days I'm not that fussed until the player's holding up a shirt. But that's not to say that I don't keep an eye out on on certain things and, and think, oh wow, we really linked with him. Like, is, is this genuinely a, a, a something that we're discussing with with the with the club and the player? Tracking Dybala's planes and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean that's that's that's. <laughs> Um, that must be a teenage thing. I've got, I've got to say, we've got to do a shout out at the moment as well, mate, for the glory of seeing the Arsenal fan base getting very excited because that, that Swedish trucker Isak had been in London. Did you see them like tracking oh, his car photos? Yeah. He, he, he went to Selfridges. Didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They were taking pictures of, they were saying this building looks like here, which is in North London, which, do you know what I mean? They were like basically planning out this map. And I just loved how the journey unfolded to being like, Oh, and it looks like he's yep, he's heading back to the airport, and yep, he's getting back on a plane, and oh yeah, he's going back this to Spain. Is, you know, this is a perfect illustration of of, of 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 how social media has kind of changed the whole landscape of, of fandom and how the media buy into that because again, they know it's going to you know have loads of impressions and and the rest of it. Um, you know, this falls into the whole oh when did you last win something mentality. Like you can't you you can't truly be proud and happy that you follow a football team if you're not winning cups and titles every every year. It's that kind of fandom and it's a very juvenile, very kind of playground type of obsession. Um and, and it's perfectly illustrated in that. But then you see articles, there was something published by by I think four four two that said um why signing no no one might be good for Arteta and Arsenal? I'm thinking, wow! Like, imagine Spurs sign no one. Would we get an article like that? I mean, granted, historically, we have something to fall back on and refer to, which isn't very good. But it's it's that kind of thing where sometimes you just got to take a step back and you you, you can do two things: don't read an article if you, if you think it's a load of bollocks, and don't believe everything that you read. Anyway, just form your own idea and don't don't your your own ideas and don't allow yourself to be too heavily influenced by the the whole pile on culture that we have. Where I think people like to talk about Spurs not doing the right thing, you know, like we've seen it. You, you shared something with me, someone slagging off Deli Alley, uh, like, and and I'm sure there's people out there that are saying. Ooh, you're getting all you're all crying about a player who's been shit for a few years. Why don't you go back to your Ajax three, you know, you know, uh, Lucas Mora hat trick videos and and don't have any joy about anything to do with Tottenham and just focus on the fact that we're never winning anything and we're never. Put, it's it's it. There's so much going on, mate. And. Well, I mean, look at it, mate. People even kick off because people enjoy playing Wordle. Do you know what I mean? Like, people just don't like other people enjoying stuff if they I, don't have that I, same resonance with it, you know? But I also think it's... Because it's something I'm guilty of, and I'm sure you're guilty of uh, as well. And I, I, I think it's no, I'm just... a ray of sunshine, mate. You should know that by now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, I think it's just... 
I'd say human nature, human digital nature, to, to, to kind of shit on things, and and it's fair enough. Like we, and if you, as long as you don't take it all too seriously, and there is another argument, as as, as T often tells me, to kind of back away from it and, and stop reading your timeline, stop caring about people's opinions that you cannot change. And and the thing is, I completely agree with that sentiment. And and to be honest, I spend too much time. Um, thinking and, 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 and kind of writing, I'll say blogging on Twitter now, uh, because that's what it is fundamentally. Uh, and there, there is a lot of time wasted doing that. But I often do it because I want discussions and conversations with people. I, I want to test how I'm looking at something and thinking about something. Am I right? Why am I wrong? And fair enough, there's people that I followed and then I'll, 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 I'll unfollow, not because of any reason that I don't dislike them or their opinion it's just that their opinion feels like it's the opinion of another 10 people that i already follow and, it, and it's not offering me anything and i'm sure i get that you know there's people that will follow me then unfollow me uh that will follow me then unfollow because they're thinking bloody hell this guy goes on a lot which i'm doing now <laughs> and, and that's just the way i function you know I, I need to outpour everything and see what it looks like and then kind of walk away from it and think, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. You know, I'm okay with this. Um, and I'm happy that we, we've done a bit of business. It's kind of left everybody in, in purgatory, so to speak, because some people are still underwhelmed. You know, I don't, don't think anyone is overwhelmed. I don't think we were ever going to be in that position in this window. Um, it's now... It's, Get, get the football back, you know, get get Tottenham kicking the ball again and we can be distracted with the only thing that matters and that is the output of the team under Conte, you know, on the pitch week in, week out. And we've got a few home games coming up, so that might be a, a, a nice way to start the year, so to speak, well, just in terms of good results. This is it, isn't it? Because it is steadily getting better and obviously we've had the kind of shadow of Chelsea over January, which has made it feel like it's not... But ultimately, you know, it's a shame we didn't go into the international window or whatever this break window is after the Leicester game because it just, if things feel like they're in a more negative place than they should be. um, Yeah, exactly. And we can say all we want about there should be plenty of positives to take from the Chelsea game, blah, blah, blah. That, in my head, that's just not how it works. Games against sort of teams like Chelsea, Arsenal, everything like that, we've lost and it's fucking shit. And I'm not, I, I just, I can't really see past that a lot of the time. And maybe, you know, it takes somebody who's much more grown up and whatever than I am to sort of pluck out the kind of the, the plus points from those games. But to me, it's it just annoys me when we lose to Chelsea and Arsenal or West Ham or anyone like that. It's just shit and I find it just shit and it's just annoying to have it happen again, especially three times in a month, you know. But that aside, it has been looking progressively better under Conte and, you know... As I was sort of touching on before, in terms of you know it's so polarized either way, or as much as I have my sort of concerns about perhaps Peretichi, I also think on a really good side we've gotten rid of Lacelso and Dombele, and yeah. I hate to say it, even Delhi, who you know if if this is if this is what's needed, if if these kind of getting out the I don't want to say the bad element, the bad eggs, the deadwood, all that sort of shit, just whatever players who just it's not working for whatever reason, and it's casting. You know, Lacelso and Ndombele in particular, even Delhi actually, all three of them, it's cast a shadow over pretty much everything Tottenham have done over the past couple of years. Yes, we've had Mourinho. Yes, we've had kind of other things going wrong. But 
the sort of the spectre of will they, won't they, with those three in particular? Are they going to come in? Are they going to do a job? Aren't they? It's just been so much noise and so much distraction that to have that now gone, it's just like great. Let's just let's just move forward and let's just see what we let's just see what Tottenham can do from here. Um, I do just think though on Delhi, the 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 one thing is it's like I guess it's probably just a nice place to end it. Really, well, nice whatever way you want to look at it. Um, I think the thing that sort of hit me most about it really now is it it sort of feels now like. I know we still have Son and Kane and Lloris, but those three sort of, I think they transcend moments in time. Those three are, they're sort of superstars. They're elite, elite level footballers in their prime who, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll sort of bridge many gaps, hopefully. But now like with, with Delhi gone, with Yang gone, with Alderweireld gone, it's, you know, Rose Walker. It's, it's really now it's, that's it. That's that's the Pochettino sort of era. That that sort of unit, that family, that kind of feel around that time, has gone. You know, and that, that I think it is something to mourn, and in a way, it's something to sort of feel what you're feeling about with that. Mm. But also now it's kind of like this is it now. Let's sort of let's look forward. Let's see what we can do under Conte and even after Conte. You know, it, it's it is to me. It's starting to really sort of feel like something new now and I'm not I'm not maybe as excited as a lot of people are or as maybe as I should be and I'm not saying that to be like edgy and whatever I'm just saying like it's going to take a lot to really feel that same love that we felt under Pochettino but that doesn't mean it's always going to be bad and it doesn't mean it's not something that we can look forward to or be excited about and maybe this is just sort of you know the, the painful rebuild and everything that was oft mooted is like is like is this is what it is now and we're, we're getting there and we're we're getting through it and we probably are now sort of on the very verge at the very beginning really of a new chapter of Tottenham that's sort of how I feel yeah no, and that's perfectly put uh, perfectly put because I mean it, it, I, I guess it's it feels daft calling it a, a painful rebuild now because yeah <laughs> the players that are left and whatever else but it I think psychologically, especially for us as, as supporters, um, and, and, and as a club, there's, there's, you know, that that kind of desire to have a, a striking identity to understand who we are, because again, we're c- comparing it to that benchmark set under Poch, um, that we've become maybe too obsessed with the past and and and, and too uh, too much time comparing to where we need to be again under Conte. We don't necessarily have to have that same uh, um, electricity of togetherness. We don't have to play the same type of football um, at, the, at the standard that we set. And, and we were often cited as, as playing the most attractive football, but also it was the most effective football statistically. You know, over two seasons, we were a, a Premier League winning t- side. We just weren't over 38 games. Um, under Conte... And, and, and again, there's a lot of caveats to this because he's not someone who hangs around long. Um, now he might change his mind after the summer and into next season, especially if we are challenging for more than a top four position. And, and things might change in terms of, of, of triggering his contract extension and the rest of it. But what we're aiming for really at this point, what we need at this point is to win something. 
But it's also important to remember that we could have won a League Cup under, under Mourinho and it would have not have changed a thing. So for all the people that bang on about being sentimental and, and, and being obsessed with the romance of football and whatever else, winning something is important to get to just get us back in, in, in that column. But it isn't necessarily a fix because lots of teams can win things and they just not progress and, 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 and shift on. So what is it that we're really chasing? What is it that we really want out of football? You want to be competitive. You want to be on the cusp of winning something. And if you go one step further, unbelievable. And it's something that we've not been able to do. And under Conte, I believe that if we do win something, it will mean something. Because it will consolidate what he's trying to do. It will have us, uh, on a, on again, on, on I keep using the word level, but we will shift up a level again. And we will feel that anything is impossible. And it's that adrenaline and that fuel that then drives us as a fan base and as a football club forward and 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 i guess that's what we aspire to and 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 to kind of bring it back to delhi again and, and to what you were saying i think we just need to be adults now like we can mourn delhi alley and we can we can be sentimental and we can cry and we can we can be gutted and disappointed that it's ended this way there's nothing wrong with that you can do all that but you can also say it's for the best he has to move on we need to move on and these are the steps that you take there will be other Delhi Alleys. There will be other Ajax moments. I'm certain of it. Because this, this football club, no matter, no matter what it does to us, always gives us something that is just... It just feels more special than what any, anyone else has. And maybe that's just because we don't win anything. If we start winning things at a canter, our expectations will change. And, and in, in fact, we will change as people and, and as football supporters. And, and as much as I want us to win things... That also scares me a little bit. But that's, again, that's a deeply philosophical conversation for another time. I just want us to win something, but be proud and be uh, connected to that victory and for it to feel like it's a step in in a direction to then win more or to, or to retain Champions League football and play elite football with elite players. You know, that's... I guess that's what Conte wants. So we, we match that ambition. We're in a good place. And if we don't, we've had it a lot worse. So, coys. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. 
But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.